Welcome to Kindly Gifted. I'm your host, Kate Tarantiva, and I can't wait to unwrap the world of influence with you. Every day, your gifted episodes, see what I did there, to help you become fluent in the business of creativity and learn the best kept industry secrets to creating an online presence worth remembering. It's really like having a momager on speed dial. So let's dive into it. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. We are so obsessed with originality. And I want to challenge that thinking by asking you why. Why does it need to be original? And also, what does originality mean to you? Because the way I see it, originality is defined as something that And this is not my opinion. This is just an observation from what I've been seeing in the marketing and advertising world, in the entrepreneurship space, in the social media world, is that originality is perceived as something that's never before seen. It's like groundbreaking, disruptive, innovative, basically all these buzzwords that you see on any like business's website. But if every single business and person is using those words on their website, Is it disruptive then? Is it innovative? Is it original? If we're all using the same fucking terms to describe it? I would argue that if something is never before seen, we have a problem. Because that means that there clearly is not a big enough problem where the solution that you've created is needed. When a space is saturated, right, whether that be, you know, people saying, oh, there's so many content creators out there, it's saturated. There's so many influencers, it's just so saturated. Okay, like 99% of them are not going to make it as like, and have leverage in their career. I'm not trying to be a bitch. I'm just like being realistic, (laughs) Um, same with, you know, go to the water aisle in the supermarket. It's just saturated with water brands and none of them give a fuck. We keep getting water brands added to the table. Boxed water, liquid death. What's so different? They have water too. Same fucking water. What's different? Oh, they figured out. That people love buying into a lifestyle. That the brand of water you drink says something about you. Cool. So let's do boxed water is better. Great Instagram prop. The uh, Instagram influencers, the LA girlies, they're going to fucking love it. And they did. Plot twist. Um, Liquid death. Let's have a unique approach to the packaging where it looks like a beer can, but it's water. All the cool kids are going to eat it up. The skaters, the streetwear kids, the like, I'm just like so cool. You know, I'm so hype beast, right? Those kids are going to fucking eat it up. 
and they did. Because they created a lifestyle around that. They understood that people go and select water based on their lifestyle, whether that's their financial lifestyle, whether that's because this is the water brand that their parents have been drinking their entire life, whether it's because, you know, you're looking for a more sustainable packaging or whether you're the if you're the kind of person that picks out wine based on pretty labels chances are you're going to probably be the same person that drinks liquid death or uh box water because before those brands existed you were the person that went to the water aisle and picked out really cool looking bottles what was that water brand that had like the little like baby bottle top thing um I can't remember what it was called it starts with a p but like chances are if you drank that then you probably are would be the target customer for like a liquid death or a boxed water it's all water at the end of the day familiar product innovative approach right same with toothpaste like there are a ton of toothpaste brands out there ton. You would argue we don't need any more. It's saturated, right? And they're all doing incredibly well. Bam! Toothpaste brand twice, co-founded by Lenny Kravitz, comes on the scene with yellow packaging. A color that is completely negative in the oral care space, but otherwise is considered to be pretty positive and bright and sunny, right? The ingredients are different. But ultimately, why are people buying twice? Maybe because it is either a more like sustainable or quote unquote healthier option for different types of people, right? If you have some sensitive teeth, maybe that's better for you. Or if you're the kind of person that's like so ingredient obsessed or you're like goopified or pushified, you probably would like twice. Or you would buy it because it looks really cool on your vanity. Or you buy it because you try it and you're like, oh, this actually performs really well. Better than, you know, a Colgate or a Crest or whatever. But the first thing that you're going to be drawn to is the packaging. First thing. Because yellow tends to stand out on the shelves full of white, blue, and green. So, again, did we need another toothpaste brand? Not really. But... It's an innovative approach. And the brand has intentions to build a lifestyle around it from, you know, if you order it directly from their website, the marketing collateral that comes with it. And I'm saying this because I know because <laughs> um, I personally use this company, but everything that comes with it, it's a it's a completely different approach than buying like Colgate off of Amazon. And so it's made for a specific type of person. And that's the same thing that I would argue for you to think about when building your own personal brand. For example, Christine Quinn has admitted in her paper magazine interview, um, no, this was her Vogue interview. She said that she took inspiration from Kim Kardashian, who has become like kind of like an it girl in the fashion space, right? Despite the fact that like if you've even seen one episode of Keeping Up With The Kardashians, at one point, 
she like didn't have the same style she does now Kanye was kind of contributing to changing the way that she dresses into basically turning her into the fashion icon she is now right so Christine Quinn has admitted that she took from Selling Sunset that she took inspiration from the way that Kim Kardashian marketed herself and turned herself into a fashion icon. And she also took inspiration from someone like Emma Chamberlain, who went from being a content creator to like what Christine said, Vogue's it darling. And the reason that she chose these women is because they are both from social media or reality TV careers that are historically not seen as a type of person that the fashion industry, especially couture and editorial, want to associate themselves with. So she looked to people that are in similar industries as, as her that have carved out a space for themselves and are now considered to be fashion icons. So originality comes from being aware of the other options out there being aware that there are people that are doing similar things as you. Looking into what they're doing and asking yourself, how can I do it better? How can I do it better? And sometimes the answer is I can't. And that's okay. Go and try in a different vertical. But saying, oh, everything is oversaturated anyway, and so, like, you need to, you know, focus to do this on going viral. No, you need to focus on being solution-oriented. And being solution-oriented acknowledges that the person on the other side has a problem. And they have a problem, and you know they have a problem, usually because you have the same problem, which forces you to go and ask other people that you know, and then ask people that you don't know if they also have the same problem and how they deal with it. And from there, you have a solution. This is why I say all the time, literally every single fucking episode, I make your ears bleed about what? Personal branding. And then the second thing is that personal brands operate exactly like businesses. This is market research. Personally, I do this with clients when I build out their full brand identity. We go into what I call, because that's exactly what it is, market research in order to build their their strategy on how they're going to be perceived, what solution they're going to provide to people why they're going to be the point person for something or build credibility and authority in a specific area and we go through a process of market research in order to find out how can you do what the people that you look up to better but also what can you use from their success because that's what businesses do right they have the they see the fact that somebody who has already done done the thing that they want to do, they see that they have an advantage because they have access to their predecessors like interviews and media features and business plans and what have you, F- you know, fundraising process, all of these things that they can go and look at and identify areas of where can I do it better. 
personal brands have the same luxury. If you go and look and, and research other people that you admire across different verticals to see how they did what they did and, and take certain lessons from that and then fill the voids of where you know you can do it better in some aspect, then that's originality. It's marrying the familiar with a fresh, unique approach. That's innovation. And that's how we also, from the outside, from like a marketing, advertising perspective, a media perspective, that's how we have patterns, right, in things. Where, you know, now, for example, when it comes to trend culture, we're seeing like the Tumblr aesthetic coming back. But the Tumblr aesthetic is not new. There's just a new generation doing it now. So it's going to have a different perspective. Same with like Y2K, when Y2K first became trendy. Like, it's not a novel concept because we literally had Y2K. That's where it came from. But it's a new generation that now, instead of being babies during Y2K, are now either teenagers or grown adults basically taking that era and, like, capitalizing off of the nostalgia from it from a different perspective. So originality, again, is problem solving. It's also service and impact because you acknowledge that there's somebody else that can benefit from your unique perspective and that can benefit from the solution that you're giving to them, right? But also remember that if somebody has never done something before, that that may be too good to be true for you to do it because there's clearly not a need for that solution. But also you could tell me when I say that to you, you could say, well, fine, I'm going to go test it out and see if people do need a solution to this thing that they didn't think of before. That's also an option. But don't let yourself be deterred because somebody else has already done it. Great. Amazing. And if it worked, that should be even more inspiring because that means it can work for you. You may just have to put in some thought based on what they did and based on what you can contribute to find that perfect marriage of familiar and a fresh perspective or an innovative approach on something that is familiar. And keep in mind that like there are like 1,700 water brands and a bazillion toothpaste companies. And there are still people coming out with more toothpaste companies and more water brands and more chocolate brands. Despite the fact that like maybe we don't need them. But... Every single one of them is thinking, but I know that I'm doing this thing better than Hershey's or better than Dasani or better than Colgate. Thanks for tuning in to Kindly Gifted. To support the podcast, please leave a review, share with your friends, and don't forget to subscribe. Make sure you follow me on TikTok at KateMob for more creative secrets from the internet's momager. See you on the next episode of Kindly Gifted.